And then of course he takes out this long bone and says, do you want to guess what this is? Oh no. And it is the bone from a walrus penis, which actually have a bone in there. And I have a picture of my two and a half year old daughter holding a giant walrus bone. You get so many parent points right now. Episode 181 of Pub Theology Live, a weekly conversation on life and faith over a craft brewed pint, a fine wine, or whatever happens to be in your glass. Catch new episodes weekly as the Reverend Shannon Meacham, Ogan Holder, and a special guest address and engage what's happening through a theological lens, usually with a good brew in hand. Today in our third chair, we welcome Rabbi Eli Friedman. Eli's major areas of work at Rodef Shalom include social justice initiatives, adult education, and working with young adults and young families. He, his wife Laurel, and their daughters, Josephine and Nora, live in the wonderful Kensington neighborhood of Philadelphia, where they used to enjoy dining out, live music, and homebrewing. Well, the homebrewing still is there. <laughs> Maybe, if you have time. Yeah, exactly. A little bit. <laughs> well, welcome back, Eli. And again, we're on our long goodbye tour. Um, because see, this is the last time I'll have to do that intro again, yeah. because Brian Maybe. will take over. Maybe. And, Maybe. And Nara. I'm oh, looking to take, still invite me back every so often. I, I I'm sure that will happen. Exactly. And I'm looking at taking next year a lot easier and doing a lot less. So, you know, <laughs> heads up. I gotcha. Guess, I got gotcha, guess, your guess And again, why we didn't have the rabbi on for Hanukkah last week. I don't know. It's, Our bad. It's. Uh, yeah, we one had a schedule we were, and we just, you know, went with it. Well, one day we'll actually pay attention to the show, like more than <laughs> more than the more than the five minutes before we open up. Y'all, we don't get paid for this. I, I look <laughs> forward to offering my 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 Jewish take on various Christmas traditions. I, that's actually why I like that you're on the Christmas episode. It's perfect. It's perfect. You are lovely audience can show your love for Pop Theology Live becoming a supporter on Patreon. You get access, uh, access, access. Now I can't talk. The year is coming to a close. You're welcome. To extended, thank you. <laughs> extended interview, special guests before and after the show banter, like uh, today's uh, pre-show. Um, great, great dating rituals and advice uh, from Shannon and, and Eli. And we realized that I clearly, when it comes to, I, I have no class, I am a simpleton and I will always look to these two for advice. So- that's the kind of good stuff you get in the pre-show. <laughs> Visit patreon.com slash Live to get started. Big thank you to our current patrons. And you can help us feed the world, well, at least feed the United States, by donating $25 or more to nokidhungry.org. Send us proof of your donation, and we will send you, no cost to you, one of these beautiful, beautiful pub theology pint glasses. Um, thanks to all of you who've donated so far. Um, we'll be doing this for a little bit longer, but as you know, uh, food lines are getting longer and longer around the country as this pandemic rages on. The vaccine is happening, but there's still a lot of people who are hungry. So please help them out. NoKidHungry.org feeds people around the nation. So this is a national uh, organization. 25 bucks or more. And I, sent out, I sent out a package this week. Somebody sent in. So keep Perfect. It. Keep it coming. Exactly. Keep it coming. And um, uh, we're bringing the live back in pub theology live by live streaming uh, the recording of these episodes Tuesday evenings um, around 530 ish. It's the typical time. Sometimes we start earlier. Sometimes like today, we're starting a little bit later. Um, and you can always join in the conversation, post some stuff, use the hashtag PT live for us to find it. And, you know, Shannon, I'm wondering, um, we're not recording next week. We're taking next week off, I believe. Yes. Um, and then it's New Year, and then we're closing in on episode two hundred. And I know, you know, this is this this is your yeah. Wheelhouse. I gotta do some math, and maybe like if Wild Goose is meeting this year, if they make that decision, and we make that decision, and so I guess well, we gotta. It's I less think, than 20 episodes. We're not going all the way to summer, are we? I mean, how long is it? Uh, episode a week, 20 weeks? That's, I mean, that's, that'd be, you know, May. 
Yeah. This is why I let you do the math. Yeah. This is why I let you do the math. <laughs> Especially if we take a week off, like Holy Week, you know, or something. That's like, true. All right. All right. So, so. So, well, today we talk about broken bones for some reason, um, <laughs> Christmas songs and the meaning of Christmas. It's all about Charlie Brown. When I saw the list, I was like, let me check Brian's Facebook. See if one of his kids. I know that's what I something. thought. I was like, somebody broke <laughs> something. <laughs> like a broken bone in one of those Christmas movies. Uh, I'm sure there's a Christmas movie somewhere where somebody breaks a bone. Something. <laughs> it's the question doesn't. <laughs> the question doesn't tie into anything else, so it's really random. I know it is really random, so random. <laughs> but whatever. We'll we'll say it and then move on. Um, so Eli, what are you drinking today? Because I do know you love some Christmas beer. I do. So I I have one. I'm pretty excited about. I also brought a backup in case I don't like it because it might okay. be a little much. But uh, Imprint Beer Company, which is uh, Pennsylvania, uh, not too far from Philly, this is their Peppermint Mocha. Fancy. I was very excited. Huh. Really pretty bottle, too. It's a little boozy. It's, is it a porter? It's an 11.6. Um, it says here it's, it's an imperial stout. Okay. Peruvian chocolate, peppermint mm. sticks, and Sumatran dark roast coffee beans. Okay. So you're right. This could be a hit or miss situation. Yeah, it could. Little, it could. Much, I may hand it off to my wife and I'm going to go with, this is my backup, uh, a favorite from Triple Bottom Brewing. Uh, this is their Marzen, which is their nice kind of fall, nice yeah. dark brown okay. ale. Very gotcha. good. Um, um, I got uh, a, Ogan, uh, what you got? going with the theme of naughty and nice from a uh, Christmas. That was Springs. my theme last week of, for my date night. There you go. <laughs> going There's with- a drink called naughty and nice. Watch the pre-show, people. Watch the pre-show. <laughs> Go in with the uh, Naughty or Nice theme uh, from Crystal Springs Brewing Company, a Belgian-style ale called Naughty Marilyn. Nice. Uh, close as I can find to a Much like myself. Themed. There you go. There you go. That, that's what they used to call you in high school. Naughty Marilyn. <laughs> the high school, um, college. <laughs> last week. Grad school. Um, smells just like a Thin Mint. Girl Scout. Really? Ooh. How's uh, it taste? Yeah. How's the taste going with that? It tastes just like a Thin Mint, too. Oh, see, now that I might like. Mm. So see, you I lost going... me there. I'm not a Thin Mint fan. Wait, I got I... a backup. I got I got number two. As oh. long as I, listen, as long as I don't have anything after these recordings, this is a two-beer show. So this one, interesting label from Mockery Brewing Company. It's called Path of Victory. Mm. And it looks like death... It's coming for everyone. Is that Trump's path to victory? Seriously. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, you know, kind of kind of COVID themed. Um, anyways. Sweden's herd immunity path to victory. Seriously. Right. Uh, robust porter with coconut, vanilla beans, and whiskey soaked oak. So that sounds delicious. All right. Okay. Going to finish up with that. Do you have a third backup or can I? No, nope, that's down? it. Two, only, okay. only, only two beers. You're good. You're good. So I'm drinking the Christmas beer of our house, which um, we ration throughout the season. Um, Trogues, the Mad Elf, um, which is right. We have to ration it. You got to go like the week of Thanksgiving, grab as much as you can and um, ration it away. I actually, I, oh, never mind. I can't. Mm -mm. Derek's editing this, so don't tell us. Uh Uh-huh, no. Mm -mm. So um, my other nickname in high school, it's it's a spicy Belgian. So, you know. Oh. <laughs> can't I can't do it with my, I'm, I got a I'm lot having of questions. problems with my right hand so I've got a left handed open I got a lot of questions that need to be asked during the post show <laughs> alright so which bone would you least like to break and what bones have you broken if any and this will be quick answers and then we will move on <laughs> seriously you want to go Eli go sure. I've, I've actually only broken one bone it was in my toe um, I will, um, I'll make a plug for the, uh, British, uh, national health service. Cause I was living in England studying at the time and broke my toe, went to the hospital. My entire visit was paid for. And then when I was ready to leave, they asked me if I needed a voucher to pay for a taxi home. Not only did they pay for everything, they also paid for me to get home. Damn socialism. Don't bring any of that socialism here. None of it. Now I'm convinced that, that we we never sort of succeeded from them. Like we should have just, we would have had national health. We would have had all these things by now. Socialism. 
Yeah. yeah. So it was actually one of the most pleasant sort of bone breaking experiences you could imagine besides when they had to rip the toenail off and put some stitches in there. Sorry. Yeah. Nice. But the, you know, the lovely aftercare, really wonderful people, those, those Brits. Is there one that you would least like to break? Oh, I don't know. I, I imagine the funny bone is not so funny. If you break it. <laughs> isn't it like weird in a weird place or something? Like, isn't Pretty, it like, like the yeah, course. like be pretty yeah, awful around there somewhere so um yeah. yeah i'll go there i was gonna go a much uh more inappropriate route but i'll i'll leave it at that but i don't there, think there's there no bone bones there. there that's just cartilage. no you well now that you said it so the walrus you'd be interested enough you may say how do you know that uh because when i took my young daughters and my wife to visit um a friend's uh a good friend from high school her uh, father is actually a paleontologist my daughter's really into dinosaurs right now so we went and visited him he was actually he worked on the set of jurassic park as an advisor nice all of these amazing um uh, fossils and bones and things in his home so he's showing us all and then of course he takes out this long bone and says do you want to guess what this is oh no and it is the bone from a walrus penis which actually have a bone in there and i have a picture of my two and a half year old daughter holding a giant walrus bone you get so many parent points right now dude and that is going to be framed for her at her wedding it's going to go in the slideshow exactly so imagine if you're a walrus that is a really bad bone sure break. yeah okay. but but the male anatomy, the the human male anatomy doesn't actually have a bone there. No, no. Now, we I would, will we say, would break we would break them all the time. Right, exactly. <laughs> you would do something really stupid. So I will say that I have never broken a bone, knock on wood. Um, and I I will um my daughter though in childbirth um dislocated my pelvis. So it didn't break, but just dislocated. And I if like breaking my pelvis is like no, like, mm -mm. you can't do anything, you know, right? Like you can't, anyway, you, you're not comfortable in any way whatsoever. So that's my answer. <laughs> okay. I have never broken a bone either. I've sprained some things, but never broken a bone. I think one day I was doing some deadlifts a few years ago and my wrist bones, uh, you know, those, they, I think they got a little dislocated or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's never been the same since, but never broken a bone. The bone I would at least like to break are one of those tiny bones in my ear. Cause I imagine if I break one of those, oh. I'm going deaf and I would yeah. rather not do that. So that's what I'm going with. Most obscure bone answer, I think probably. Well, well, rail bone that you find in a human being, not in good. other species. Glad we got that bone out of the way. Yeah. So, thanks, Brian. <laughs> what what Christmas songs are you sick of? Favorite Christmas carol. So, Eli, does everywhere you go have Christmas music playing? Like, but you, we don't go anywhere right now, right? So that doesn't go anywhere. So I'm actually kind of missing out on it a little bit. I may I may have to start asking Alexa to put. Some, so, do you uh, have any like? Do you play any just for fun? Like, oh yeah, I yeah. love, I love, I love some good Christmas music. Yeah. And half of it was written by Jews anyway. Well, so, and um, we've talked about this many <laughs> times, right? There's a cultural Christmas and there's a religious Christmas. Exactly. And like, and even half the hymns and stuff have become culturally, you know, appropriate and whatever. So, so yeah, so I, I will say I probably don't know the the carols and the the hymns, the traditional ones as much, but the pop stuff I love. I mean, Mariah Carey. I mean, you oh my god. <laughs> No, not not for you. you no, know, what's funny is like you and my like my my um, other closest Jewish friend are obsessed with Mariah Carey. Like she is obsessed with Mariah Carey. I mean, it's one of the best Christmas songs too. I mean, did we cover this last week? Shannon's yes. feelings around. She feel like when I when I you That's know right. if I see Mariah in a little red stocking, I just feel like it's Christmas. You know. Oh. That's so what good. I said. I said there's no there since that song, there's not been a good Christmas pop song written. Like that's the that's the for me there's, that's the what's the really weird one about the aliens visiting? It was one I used to hear in England. I, I'm gonna have to look it up. It's yeah, a, you're gonna have to look yeah, that up. Aliens visiting on Christmas. It was like a British pop one for maybe the 70s, but they play it all the time over there. Right. That's, that's probably I love that for our listeners and not our viewers, for our listeners, I love the way you say that both Shannon and I did like a head tilt, like, what are you <laughs> You're like, I have no idea. Millions? Really? No. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I might have just um, been 
I can't say that I'm so I I the moment Thanksgiving's over right listen to Christmas music I'm not sick of it yet um so there's lots of songs I'm sick of and have been sick of for years um but I'm not sick of music the Christmas music as a whole yet and part of that is I'm not going anywhere right so I'm not hearing it in stores I'm not hearing it around like you know, even if Derek and I were going to the movies this time of year, like it would be playing on the speakers outside yeah. before you go in and out. And um, so I'm not hearing it that way. And I don't even spend time in the car. So I don't even hear it. What I am running out of is like, you know, Alexa play blank, right? Like I'm running out of the albums I think of. So I've, I've gone through my rotation so many times that I'm like, I need some new stuff. And and yet, I, you know, there's a lot of Christmas stuff I like, and I still am like, I did pull out my jazz Christmas stuff the other day, my Diana Krall and, you know, all those things. And that's just beautiful. And I love it. Um, I, uh, the, uh, I think my last few years, my Christmas listening has, um, I, I don't listen to a lot of like the pop and straightforward adaptations of songs and carols. I go more eclectic. Like I got a whole uh, playlist of like remixed versions from yeah. DJs and stuff um, and things like that. But recently, and I mentioned this in the pre-show, there's a show on Netflix called um, Home for the Holidays. It's it's Swedish, I believe. You know, it's got voiceover. It's not subtitles for those of you who don't like to read when you watch TV. Um, and it's about, it's about, it's, it's like dark humor, um, it's about loneliness and aloneness and falling in love at Christmas, but it's not cheesy at all. It's actually hilarious. But uh, I discovered an artist listening to it. Uh, it's a Swedish artist. Her name is Matilda. And she does this version of Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas that is so evocative and haunting and gorgeous that I've been playing it so much. And like, that's a song that, you know, who hasn't covered that when they're doing a Christmas album? Yeah. But but this version of it is it's it's like taking me over. You know, and I have I, to say I'm that it. that song was never one of my favorites, but this year has mm -hmm. hit me in an entirely different way, right? Um, you know, the the um when we all can be together if the fates allow, yeah. you know. Oh, we'll yeah. have to muddle through somehow you know that stuff i'm yeah. just like oh my god you know it's, it's and it was on point written, this year <laughs> it was written well it was first sung by judy garland yeah during world war, war ii, II. Oh, yeah. wow yeah. So, so that it was war literally Carol. written for that kind of thing so yeah it's no wonder it really speaks to us um so the traditional carol going with what child is this i've always had a weak spot for that uh carol i don't i think because it's not it's in many ways reverential but there's a simplicity about you yeah. know the not just the song but the but the subject matter and and it's a nice sad dreary minor key so you know you got you got you don't you don't get that like fake we you need to be cherry now because it's christmas you you get that sort of like yeah the when you read the christmas story it it, in many ways, there's a lot of dark, depressing things around it, right? Um, and and yes, there is that joyful moment. And yes, at the time it happened, whenever it happened, at the time it happened, like there really wasn't an inkling so much for the rest of the world of you know who this little baby would become. It was, you know, except for the shepherds and the angels, and you know, it's it was a fairly ordinary unremarkable event witnessed pretty much by no one except the mother and the father as far as we can tell from the story so for me it always speaks to 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 um, simple humble um, unremarkable beginnings have the potential to become something huge but you don't know that at the beginning so that that carol has always like just moved me did I mention the sad minor key? Because holidays. Well, and we talked about that a few weeks ago. How a lot of Advent hymns are in minor keys, and Christmas hymns are in. But this one's a Christmas hymn in a minor key. So, Eli, you found your space alien found, Christmas. So it's called a spaceman came traveling. It is a real song. I did not make it up. It's not in like hallucinogenic dream. You'll you guys will listen to it later. It's it's epic. It's a really um, <laughs> epic epic. epic. 
I, I lived in England for a few years when I was studying to be a rabbi. And I'll say a lot of my Christmas memories are from there because like they, like the British, they don't mess around. Like they really yeah. do Christmas. Like you, it's everywhere. Um, and the music's on all the time. And like they, yeah, they take it pretty seriously. So I have yeah. fond memories of that. But uh, definitely a spaceman came traveling. Um, I recommend <laughs> to everyone. It's the weirdest Christmas song, but kind of the most amazing ever. About well, there you go. Uh, apparently quite a few people have covered it. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I actually want to start this next question. I would like for Eli, if you don't mind, to answer this first. And then Ogan and I can back up, right? Um, throw you out in front and see what happens. <laughs> What is the Christmas message in your mind? I put uh, the quotes in. <laughs> so, so I think I, I think I got the story pretty well. I've been reading the New Testament. So Santa right. and Mrs. Claus and then these three wise men came and the was like, hey, guy. Um, the tooth fairy was the angel that descended from heaven. You could understand, by the way, like if you're not well versed in mm. Christian theology. Oh, you, exactly. Wait, what is this again? What's going yeah. on? Here? What does this guy have to do with it? What is all this? Um, what is the Christmas message? I guess um, there's like the overarching American Christmas message of that I see of just like let's be good to each other let's all look out for one another let's care about each other this and let's buy stuff all that good stuff exactly buy, bu we do all of that by buying stuff exactly and giving it to you and you um, buy stuff and give it to me <laughs> but I I guess my understanding of of Jesus's birth and just the idea of of Christmas I've always seen it, I've always understood it as a message of kind of hope and a message of the potential of what's kind of coming in terms of the, the theological time of the year and that dark period, um, potential hope for the future, that light, you know, that kind of shines in the darkness. How'd I do it? Could I be a that. pastor? That was, that. In unity, that was I could definitely do it, right? Oh yeah, you're in. <laughs> That was actually very close to my Christmas Eve sermon. So, you know. <laughs> Nail it. <laughs> but I would so, need to learn uh, a little bit from, from actual experts in this. <laughs> oh, dude, you, don't put us on that kind of pedestal, man. We don't want to fall and break a bone. Right. <laughs> Call back. You know, I, but you bring up such an interesting point about, you know, for me, I go straight to like, what have my sermons been about all these years and what have whatever. But this is interesting language about the Christmas message because there is this whole other, and I think it's really important actually to point out that it's not a bad thing we've done, right? To say, this is the time of the year that we set aside from Thanksgiving where we're grateful that then it's a season of kindness, appreciation, you know, gratitude. This, you know, really kind of continues in for another month. And like, there's something to that that really doesn't have anything to do with the birth story, right? Um, but it's not a bad thing and we should really lean into mm. it. Now that, no, that doesn't mean like Ogan said, you know, like you have to buy gifts and you have to reciprocate and you have, you know, the, the checklist of have tos this time of year is long, right? Yeah. And we should definitely work to undo all of that. Ashley just put up a post uh, a couple hours ago speaking to that, 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 um, you know, for a lot of us, COVID has sort of eased that a little bit, right? Because, yeah. you know, if, if we <clears throat> if we decide to be good citizens for the greater good, we're not traveling. Or right. if we're having gatherings, they're a lot smaller, right? Or we're choosing to, you know, be on our mm -hmm. own. But as a result, a lot of the usual stressors of, of preparing, yeah. you know, hosting a party, preparing the perfect Christmas, you know, meal or whatever, or event for people to come over, <clears throat> even, the, even the pressure of running out and shopping, you know, relax and shop from the comfort of your screen. Like a lot of the pressures have been lifted. And I think a lot of people are having... Uh, are feeling bad about feeling relieved <laughs> about the fact like, oh, thank God, I don't have to have 28 relatives over. Right. Only three are coming. 
you know, there's, there's, it's one of the weird um, gifts of COVID, I think, where, you know, people would say it's worth the work, it's worth the trouble, it's worth the stress. And, and I'm like, "Mm, is it though? Because, because, you know, (laughs) because, because a lot of times the folks who do the work to make these things happen, don't really enjoy them. Right, because of all the work, the pressure, the stress, we've been relieved of that, and we shouldn't feel ashamed for feeling a little bit relief that we don't have to do it the way we've always done it this year. And moving forward, to really question, really question those of us who put ourselves under that level of stress, do we want to keep doing that moving forward? It shouldn't take a pandemic for us to go like this is this is not taking care of myself during the holidays. And then next thing you know, I got to go back to work and it was zero relaxation. I feel more tense now because of the holidays, which I think takes away from that uh, uh, message of, of the compassion and kindness because we're not showing it for ourselves. And, and we, you know, we said this at Thanksgiving too, right? Pay attention to like what you don't miss or what you appreciate that you're not having to do and like bring that forward with you in some way. Yeah. You know, I, I was, um, so I have a brace on my hand today for those of you that are on video. And that is because over I the totally last, thought that was just like a Michael Jackson glove. I know. Right. I it was like so totally pretty. Like, did, did y'all not pay the heating bill? Or are we doing um, like a, like a medieval? Only one hand, like, right? I can only skills. afford one glove. <laughs> exactly. Um, no, like I, so I, you know, used to play a lot of instruments and have like carpal tunnel on my hand, but I have r- typed literally typed so many services in the last two weeks, typed them up, did, you know, like formatting things, blah, 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 so that I could get everything done before Christmas that I'm like having ham spasms and (laughs) numbness and like the whole thing, right? And my physical therapist is like, you have to stop. And I was like, it's coming, the stopping is coming, right? (laughs) But he's like, no, you have to stop now. And I'm like, okay, (laughs) you know, and- and it's, it's this interesting thing because one of the things that I said was if this was not a pandemic time, like everything, like it's all the extra steps that I have to do this year, right? And yet at the same time, so there's in, on one way it's easier because I'm basically done. Christmas Eve is done and that, that those couple of days aren't going to be the way that they usually are. And yet at the same time, the push to get it that way was exhausting and literally painful, right? And and that, you know, there's, and I don't know how to change that as- You know, there's I, like dictation software, right? Well, okay, so yes. Also, I need to learn- Is that, to, that, way, is that what you refer to Derek as? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Are you kidding? Like- but um, your, but Listen, I, your kids aren't going off to school, put them to work. <laughs> I've said like, I'm gonna start learning to write with my left hand. Like that is gonna be my- <laughs> But like, Eli, you guys finished your high holy days. Like, what, did you find that too? And like, I guess I'm curious. I know this is a little off topic, but I'm just curious. Like, would we, would we, we rather have like two weeks of hard push and then two weeks of off? Or would we rather have a month of more even busy? It's, I, I, it's very, you know, we were talking before the show during the pre-show about how similar I think for Christians who are pre-recording Christmas services to all the Jews who pre-recorded high holidays because similar in terms of their arc of the year. Like for us, I think people know this Hanukkah, not a big deal traditionally in the Jewish calendar, really high holidays is our, our big time, you know, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur. And I worked harder this year than I'd ever worked before. Yeah, holidays. yeah. We had a film crew in, we pre-filmed everything, the editing process. I mean, I was up some nights, like two in the morning doing this editing. It was so much more work. Mm-hmm. But the actual day of, I sat with my family. We enjoyed a meal. Like I actually celebrated the holiday, which I'd never done before in that way. Yeah. And so I, I kind of like the trade-off this year. I don't think I'd want that every year. And yeah. I was happy to like have the break this year. But I think, I think in some ways I prefer the way I do it now, where like you do a moderate amount of prep and then you just, that day, it's just a really long day. And it's kind of, you know, you're working and you're not enjoying it the same way as you would with your family, but you just get it all done in that day, I guess. For me, it it would depend on how hard you work in the two week lead up 
to the thing because like broke my hand. I was going to say, Shannon, (laughs) your hands all jacked up right now. So like those two weeks you have off, you probably can't enjoy them the same way you usually would have enjoyed them or do the same things you would have done because now you're like, you know, in in rehabilitation. Right. right? So so for me, it's it's also I'm old now. So this is what happens. You're healing slower. (laughs) All kind of stuff is happening. Right. So so I you know, and, and we know this as clergy when we got to take vacation, right? We got to work our butts off leading up to vacation to make sure everything's in place. And then we come back from vacation and it's like the, those that first week or two, it's like the catching up and, 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 and it's stressful. And, and many times it almost negates the relaxation time you, you took, right? If there was some way yeah. we could like decide to, if we could go on break and not have to work any harder leading up to it. Like that would be the optimal thing. Yeah, and the right interesting there. thing is that there's this there's this reverse side, which is, yes, Christmas Eve is is hard work, but the work the work is still done ahead of time. And I show up, and there's just there's a kind of a routine to it, right? Like, yeah, I I know what I say at this time, and I know so that's what added the work this year is videoing that and doing that. And then the week after Christmas, we do lessons and carols, which is a service that's done. I literally pull a binder off my shelf and open it, right? Don't spill the tea, don't spill the tea. (laughs) They know. You work so hard, guys. I work so hard. You would be surprised. Hours upon like hours. My organist works hard. hard. Like that's her biggest day of the year, you know? You would be surprised how much people don't know, okay? (laughs) Well, but but I I actually, like just to go back, when I was writing my Christmas Eve sermon this year, I thought I was gonna go in one direction. with this like birthing during pandemic and first Palestinian. And I tried and I couldn't get there. Like it wasn't a sermon, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It was just an interesting little thing that happened. Um, somebody could make it a sermon. I just didn't have that. And and there was a message I needed to tell. And it was the right, like I, um, Derek actually came and helped me record, which he doesn't normally do um, in the sanctuary. And as I was preaching it, like I wrote it, I had him read it and I was like, is this just, he's like, no, like you have to preach this. Like, this is exactly what you have to say this year and at this time. And I was like, is it just like, you know, cause I liked it, but I wasn't sure. And like, as I was in the sanctuary preaching it, which I have to say this entire nine months, there hasn't really been a sermon that I walked away and I was like, oh, that was it, you know? Like it's, you're so disconnected. You're so like, I preached that sermon and maybe they all hate it, but I was like, that was it. That was it. Like, that's exactly what I needed to say and what I needed to hear and what I think they need to hear. And, and it surprised me, but when I was writing it, I sent it to a friend of mine who, um, she's Catholic. She's a, um, obviously she can't, she would be the most amazing minister ever, but she's Catholic. And, um, wait, what? So she can't be. Um, uh, there's a big billboard in Philadelphia, like right off of 95, that's like make women priests in the Catholic Church. Yeah. So she is a she is a um, chaplain, like a, a, a at a, a private school, right? Okay. So she is. So she preaches regularly in chapel. She leads retreats, you know, things like that. But she, so she can do that. But you know. And not um, ordained. She's not an she's ordained. ordained. Okay. Because right. I'm like, she's a minister. Yeah. Oh, she's, no, she's, she's totally a minister. <laughs> okay. So, you know, and she and I chat and I was just like, you know, I, she's like, what do you, well, what are you afraid of? What do you think they want? And I was like, you know, they want a Charlie Brown Christmas. And she goes, now, wait a second. Like, what's wrong with Charlie Brown Christmas? She's like, of all the Christmas messages, what is wrong with Charlie Brown Christmas? Right? This struggle to find right? It is absolutely what we were just talking about. The struggle for this perfect holiday and this perfection and getting back to this simplicity and community and family and, and the story, right? Like, she's like, what's wrong with that? And I was just like, you are the wisest person ever, you know? Hey, baby girl. Oh, we got kids. We got kids. Yay. Woohoo. Is this Nora? This is Nora, and she's got her Hanukkah pajamas on. Ooh, nice I like your on. Hanukkah pajamas. Now I feel left out. I'm the only one without stuff. 
you know? Listen, listen, listeners, y'all, y'all got to head over to Facebook. You got to head over to Facebook and see how cute Nora is in her Hanukkah pajamas. It's okay. It happens, honey. Don't worry. It's really not that a is, big deal. That is a stinking cute child. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> she love wants it. to be on the pod. <laughs> love it, love it, love it. So anyway, that's just to bring that full circle that I do feel like this year we're I mean, I know I did. I've been worrying about this for months, like trying to bend over backwards to make Christmas special, you know, recreate the magic. And I'm like, you know, I, I'm sorry. Like, you know, I, we, we talked about this last week about kids discovering when Santa Claus isn't real. I think the year that Joy realized that uh, Santa wasn't real was the day I was the day I realized like, all right, I ain't, I ain't got to work this hard anymore. You know, Christmas, Christmas will be what Christmas is, where it is. And we're a family that like, we, we moved around a lot, um, you know, in, in her 20 years, we've, she's 20, the 20 years of her existence, we've lived in like four different places, you know, so, so there's been a lot of moving around is, uh, but 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 that 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 piece about Santa was 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 the thing that really made it magical. And after that illusion was gone, it's like, listen, this day will be whatever it is, wherever it is, whoever we are with, it's gonna be special because of whatever happens on that day. We don't we don't gotta we don't gotta make a lot happen for it to mean something. And yeah, I think if there's anything that I would say is the Christmas message is is just that right that that you know it's it's a day where we can or time where we truly reflect on what's really important in in our lives and ultimately for i'd say all of us it ends up boiling down to the people that's why we have these huge gatherings that's why you know we kill ourselves getting on planes and traveling like however many miles and spend however and, and we stress ourselves out at overcrowded airports because it's about it's about the people in our in our lives yeah. and i know we miss we're gonna miss seeing the people in our lives as much as we do for 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 some of us uh during this holiday season and i always invite people to remember it doesn't mean you can't connect with them i am hearing so many stories about people who are like we had a Zoom Christmas gathering. And if it wasn't for the pandemic, we wouldn't have had the Zoom gathering and I wouldn't have spoken to this person or this person or this person. And we had like people from like four, five, six different countries zooming in at our gathering this year. And and it was beautiful and it was magical. And sure we weren't on the same place, but there there's a certain there's yeah. a certain level of because of how we've been forced to be separated that we have sought connectivity uh, during the during the pandemic. And it's a, about, yeah, I was thinking because we did that over Hanukkah. We did normally, like I said, Hanukkah is not a major Jewish holiday, but we like bigged it up this year for mm -hmm. the kids because like more than ever. And so every night we zoom with someone different, we taking advantage of like the pandemic and zoom. We did Hanukkah yeah. all over the world. We zoomed with the congregation in Costa Rica and celebrated yeah. with them. I also wanted to share that I've been working. So I, I, told my daughter from a young age, Santa isn't real because like we're Jewish. Nice. Santa's not real. <laughs> I have been working so hard this year for her not to spoil it on Zoom for all her classes. Oh my goodness. So she goes to, you See, know. See, that's the trouble with like letting it out, right? Cause then you gotta be like, well, you gotta keep the secret anyway. She's yeah. one of only, I don't know, maybe four or five Jewish kids in her class, you know, so predominantly Christian, some Muslim, some other. And I was just like, you can't tell them. Like, <laughs> they still believe. Like, don't ruin it for them. But I'm I sure- I say ruin it. She's totally gonna blow up some kids. She's totally I say ruin it. Up. Some kids gonna be like, I'm so excited for Santa. She's like, Santa's not real. Don't teach our children how to live a lie. Listen, it. my, I, we uh, listen to last week's episode. My <laughs> argument was made there. Um, there, there you go. But here's but the I, thing, though. But so I will, are, I want to make this point, though, uh -huh. before we leave the Zoom thing. Yeah. As someone who often gets left out of family gatherings on Christmas, right? Because mm -hmm. I can't travel, I can't go anywhere. Right. And like my, so my, you know, parents will go to my sister's house or whatever. And that's fine, but like I'm left out of that because I can't leave. So this year it's like we're all in this boat together. None of us can leave. Like, yeah. thank goodness, you know, that kind of thing. And I don't I don't love that. Don't get me wrong, but you know what I'm saying. Like yeah. there's this 
there's a little bit of camaraderie admittedly this year that, um, and my entire, like my dad's side of the family, our entire family zoomed on Thanksgiving. We're zooming the Sunday after Christmas. I mean, we're talking 30 people, you know, in this side. I mean, it was a Catholic family that had 12,000. And you know, what's going to happen next year, next year, the expectation is that you do it. Because everybody's, gonna, fine with everybody's that, realizing right? how great this is. So they're going to want in-person gatherings. They're going to want Zoom gatherings. And it's and, a whole other And level. listen, I'm fine with in-person gatherings as long as we can do it two days after Christmas, right? <laughs> <laughs> Let's just not, like, I just can't do it that night and that day. And if you come before, you're not going to see me, you know, that yeah. kind of deal. But so here's where we get into a little bit of the theological with this question, which is, did Jesus exist before he was born? And I have to admit that this today I recorded January 3rd's sermon where I preached John 1, which mm. says yes, right? right? So John 1 is, like is the word in the beginning was the in word. In the beginning the was the word, was. and the word was with God, and the word was, was God, God, right? And it echoes oh, Genesis, which <laughs> is that so, so a few, okay, nerdy doctrine trinity moment, right? Um, so stay with me for a second, right? Trinity is there is one God that is that we identify in three parts, right? Um, the Godhead, Father, quote unquote, the the Son, um, or the you know, so they're the Creator, the Redeemer. That is that is some language, and the Sustainer, the Holy Spirit, right? Father, Son, Holy Spirit is the traditional language. We've made some better language throughout the years. And the idea is, is that this is, this is why I'm in unity because I don't okay. have to deal with this no more. But but hold on, <laughs> but like wait wait with me for a second, right? Yeah. What's the first thing, Eli? Tell me Genesis one one, right? If you can't do it, I can do it. Exactly. So in the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the mm -hmm. earth was a formless void, and waters covered the face of the deep, right? Yeah. And, the and then what happened? Ruach the, Elohim, the spirit of God hovered yes. above Merapeset Al-Hamayim, hovered above the water. Right, which is echoed in Proverbs, that spirit danced, right? And that's what we see as the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit's there in creation, the breath of God, yep. and the word, and then John echoes this, the word was there, the word was God and the word was with God. Now, I am not particularly a person that reads the, the Old Testament in a way that says, that's Jesus and that's Jesus. And right. Like I don't like Isaiah, the virgin birth, like the virgin, right. Like I, I read those at Christmas. We talk about those at Christmas, but we talk about them in context and, and our redemption, right. And why we're waiting for this child to be born into our hearts and our world and our understanding. But anyway, so the, like as my faith tradition, but also my personal belief is like, yes, but it not in this, like, but also, I will add, in the way that we all existed before we were born, right? There you go. This way that like, we're all spirit, we're all soul and spirit and part of something bigger. Can I explain all of that? No, but like, that's what I believe, right? <laughs> I love that. I think that is, and I'll say, you know, putting aside the whole Jesus Messiah thing, the, the concept in general, I think really works. And in Judaism, we have a similar idea, actually, that that in the beginning, that that Torah existed, and that that law, and that, mm -hmm. that 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 this idea of the Torah, not in the physical scroll form, but as a blueprint from the universe, existed. And there's also one of my favorite um, midrashim, like a, a midrash is like a story on the Bible that kind of offers fills in some gaps. And one of my favorite midrashes is. is um, about the 10 things that God created on the eve of Shabbat. So imagine it's like Friday at like 4.30. It's about to be sundown. God knows like it's the Sabbath. I have to stop working. And God's like, oh shit, I forgot to make, you know, these 10 things. Right. <laughs> and the story is these are 10 things that are all used later in time by the Jewish people. So one of them is Miriam's well, the miraculous well that followed mm. the rites for the 40 years. The Shamir worm, which is the worm that supposedly King Solomon used to carve the stone for the first temple. Um, tongs, because if you're a blacksmith and you're making tongs, where's the first pair of tongs so, come from? So wait, God, God like did a rush job? 
Is this, is this what ten I'm hearing? Things, the 10 thing rush job that God was like, humanity's really going to need these things over the next 10 years. I better, or over the, sorry, over the next 4,000 right. years, I better make these now. And, but they'll be used later in time. Does God not know like, Monday was going to happen again. Like- this is, this <laughs> no, is cre- the like, this is what's happening at the night. post office right now. Right? <laughs> like this is like, shit, we got to get everybody's packages to them. We got to do our best. We got to buckle right. down. Like that's what God did. Right. I love that idea of, yeah. of sort of this foresight of creation of, of, and this idea that for those that believe in Jesus, that this idea of the, the idea of Jesus or the spirit or the word, however it is of being part of that initial creation that was only going to be embodied later when, when the time was right, kind of, I think that that theology really fits. I like that. Um, before we move on, I do want to share some uh, Facebook comments from uh, folks watching life right now. We got Rob checking in from the UK who said, I did my last zoom Carol service uh, tonight and that's in done, I guess for the season, apart from leading some morning prayers and, he talked about the uh, Protestant work ethic. Maybe the pandemic should have given us the space to not keep mm. the treadmill, to learn from different rhythms. And I love, I love his last question. What's the discussion topic? I don't know, Rob, and I'm on the show. Okay, so good luck with you listening. <laughs> Wait, is that the last one? Was that the last discussion or this discussion? I don't know. This was like 18 minutes ago. I don't know what happened 18 so minutes ago. So the discussion topics are <laughs> broken bones, Christmas songs, and the meeting of Christmas. So yeah, good, good luck with putting the piece of Good luck, together. Rob. Alan, Alan, half an hour ago, said that is amazing. And Brad is saying hello from Chicago. Thank all you guys. And we got a, a few likes from people watching. Thank you guys for watching live. Um, so, so when I that question did Jesus exist before he was born not to get it all like quantum physics on you but my my thing is with the before there is no before there is no after I, I I subscribe to the idea that everything is happening all at once like it's it's happening in in the now um, I will echo Shannon's point about the how we existed before I I go back and forth with my um, um, beliefs around that I, I currently, and this this has changed before, and it will probably change again. Currently, I, I I do believe the the pure essence of who we are existed in the oneness of all that is, and there w- there is no distinction. There's no like like uh, you know the a, a spirit or soul that decided to uh, come to Earth and manifest in this bodily form. Uh, you know, I if it's all part of the one, if there's just one, how can there be multiplicity within the one? Which gets into that whole three in one trinitarian thing it's just another which again that but 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 there's such beauty people get hung up on that but there's such beauty in it as well right and confusion let's let's not overlook the confusion yes sometimes confusing things can be pretty in the complexity of their whatever but you know well and and i we talk about this so i i actually often compare it to the shema right that we love god with these three parts of our being with our heart, soul, and mind or strength or, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. right. That, that there's these complexities to us. Can you imagine how much more complexity there is to God? It's right. So far beyond our understanding. Exactly. So we put language, or at least in my tradition, we put language on it as in Trinitarian, just like there were seven days that things were created, right. We, we need to put language on it. See, mm-hmm. I go the opposite direction mm-hmm. instead of the complexity of God. I go with the simplicity of God, love, like the, the simplicity. Love is not simple. We make love <laughs> difficult. We human beings are the ones that make love difficult. Love is very simple. So I do want to, I actually want to, Ogan, to your point of like the, the multi things happening at once and all of that. Uh-huh. I'm really interested. It comes out on Christmas day, Pixar's new movie, Soul. Yes. Have you guys seen the like trailers and stuff? Yeah. And like, it's this multi-dimension thing all happening at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I'm so curious about it. Cause I'm really wondering like, have they put this to film in some way in this very like Maybe. beautiful pics, only the way only Pixar can. The way do, only right? Pixar can. And again, it's just, it's, you know, religion theology is, it's all us simple-minded humans trying to trying to put language to you say you know as you're saying trying to put language words trying to define this explain this so we can wrap our minds around it and i think it's 
I think we're making a very simple thing profoundly complex because our emotions, our attachments, and our expectations are all wrapped up in it. We're, we're viewing this through the lens of our disappointments and our hurts and our pain. Mm-hmm. And, and it's so much easier and simpler than that. And, you know, back to that Christmas message. And I think the whole message of Jesus's ministry is just like, put, put, put the welfare of everybody else before anything else. Do <laughs> like that, to others, man. Do unto others, right? <laughs> it's that, it's that simple. Every well, time Jesus quote unquote broke a norm or broke a law, why it was, it was putting the welfare of another human being first, put the welfare of other humans first. It, it ain't that complicated, you know, and, and this is not me preaching from a pedestal of having done it. This is me being mired in the kind of, of, of my own stuff and my own grief and my own trauma and my own attachments and my own emotions about how to make that look. So if there's anything I'm striving for is, is the simplicity of how do I, how do I do that? Right. How do I, how do I love God, which and, and, and for me, part of that is, is loving and honoring the deepest parts of myself. Cause that's, for me, that's, that's God. Um, and, and then doing the same for others in any given moment, the best way, you know, how it's not that complex, but we make it complex because we're so people. This, and we'll just wrap this up pretty quickly. I'm not going to read the whole question, but the idea is as we're going through this pandemic and you know, the Senate just passed this new stimulus package and whatever, right? And the idea- right, really Don't spend that $600 in one place, people. $600. So, spend it out. you know, oh but other countries like Canada have given enough economic relief. And I think England has too, actually, yeah. um, that people that are in high risk or people that are in close to economic, you know, like couldn't survive this without- I think I saw a post, uh, maybe Norway or Denmark, They've been since this thing happened, they've been getting 600 a week. Yeah. So week. so not just people on unemployment, but like no, everybody. Everybody. Right? <laughs> and and so, you know, we we asked this question of like, it's that simple. And yet that's how we t- we were like, oh, but that's politics and this is religion. But like they're not, if we're responding out of religion, then no, yeah. you know. No, we're not. No, that's 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 all greed. It it, it it's greed. It is like, you know, six hundred is too much, but we can give these massive tax breaks to corporations and try to shield them from lawsuits and all this sort of stuff. It's it's about it's about greed, and that's where these decisions are coming from. I you know there have been there have been certain touch points in this whole year where I've just gotten furious, and and one of them is is this you know six hundred dollars. I mean, for God's sake, that is nothing. And also seeing some of these senators who were like, just COVID is a hoax. You don't need to wear your mask. We're taking and then skip in line to get there, getting the vaccine. And like that has just been making my blood. Like, I can't even talk about that. It makes me so angry because I'm like, you just took that away from a hospital worker or a nursing home patient. Right. You just you. What's mm. the, the clause, the continuity of government clause or something? You know, I'm actually okay if certain parts of the government- Yeah, this may not need to continue. <laughs> like, is that this iteration. what we need right now? But the what what I wonder about, and, and from that, that text about Canada that we were looking at, that we were thinking about, so I was thinking to myself, like, if we just provided that much money, like certain other countries did, would we have beaten this? Would people have stayed home? Would people have, because I get that many people were forced to go to work because they had no alternative. And like, I feel for them and I don't fault them. How many people though, even with the money, wouldn't have cared anyway? Right. Individualistic. No, no, that's not, for me, that's not what it's about because Mm -hmm. because I can guarantee you that if the vast majority of the people who had to get up every day and still try to go to work and deliver groceries and and do the sort of things that, the you know the the vast majority of like the basic minimum wage workers were doing mm-hmm. were white we would not be here right. there's a lot of just no, no, no. and this is why areas like baltimore and philly and the numbers are what they are especially in the african american community cuz they're the essential workers exactly. right i mean exactly. we i so this is what i mean not that you have to do this but i have felt particularly this time of year i felt very, um, 
I've had a lot of feelings for the U.S. Postal Service, <laughs> right? Like, because, and, and they would have, stimulus or not, this would have been a group of people that came to work anyway, right? right. Um, because we need this to run well. And, and, you know, I've, there have been, I've gotten antsy about my packages too, right? Like, I really have. I wish that I wasn't that person, but I am. And By the way, I, I got yours. I have not opened it yet. I'm going to be a good little boy and wait till Christmas morning. Good. Wait till Christmas. I am so excited. And you have to bring it on the show because I'm okay. so excited about your present. Um, like I was, so I, we talked about this earlier, but I'll, I'll just bring it back. Like I have actually done more present giving this year because like, and I, so I usually would oh, I'll order this from Amazon or something. I'll ship it out and say to my stepmom, hey, will you wrap this for dad or whatever, right? Like normal stuff. This year I needed it. Like I, I got all the presents together. I wrapped it. I put it in a box and I mailed, like I needed to do it made that. Made you feel more connected. It did. It made me feel more connected. But it also like I bought presents for people that I don't normally buy presents for because I'm like, you know what? You've had a shit year. Like, here you go. Like, is that why I got a gift? Is that why I got a gift from you this year? No. Well, but like, you know, come on. <laughs> you have not had, because we've all had a shit year. Actually, you got a present because I could not pass this up buying. You know, that's the best gift, right? I'm, I'm, I'm very much looking it forward to it. It doesn't matter what time of year it is. Like when you see something that you're like, I can't not get this yeah. for this person. Like my best friend and I have this great tradition where like, birthdays and Christmas, we don't actually give gifts around that time of year. We give a gift when we find the gift that we like, you nice. need this, here you go, right? And that actually takes away some of the stress because you know it, it kind of is what it is. But when it comes to this, I, I, I've been, so we, you know, we like our, we are actually in one of those areas where um, the, the mail carrier comes up to your door and puts your mailbox in, like put your mail in the mailbox right next to your front door. So like we know our mail carrier by name, you know, and I am like gift card central for the mail guy, right? Because right. I am like, you get all the gift cards this year. You get all the hand warmers, you get all the cookies. In the summer, he got like, um, I would put on the door like, hey, we're home. If you want a popsicle, ring the bell, right? Like, <laughs> you know, it. and he would, he would totally ring the bell. Like, and I would give him a popsicle, right? It just... So there's just little things that we can do, but as a government, we are falling short friends, big time, in my personal opinion. And we are not, and, and it doesn't, it doesn't have to be even a judo Christian faith. It just has to come from basic understanding of humanity and not greed. Well, what gets me is, you know, ostensibly the party in control that always claims the Judeo Christian stance are the ones that are, you know, forgetting the basic message. Although I will say, I read a CNN article that was like, the stimulus money is not doing what it's supposed to do. It's people are paying down debt and going into savings. And I'm like, I understand, but I don't know that we're all going to go out and save the small businesses with six hundred dollars, right? And but the but bigger $600 question is six hundred dollars to pay down some debt is a huge difference yeah, from yeah. me. It's how did money. we get into it's debt in the first place? Exactly. <laughs> and like eventually is gonna stimulate my economy, you know, like it's exactly. gonna be a bill I don't have to pay loans and then I'll be happy to use that money for right. Some <laughs> like I will use that money at my local brewery anytime. <laughs> there you go. But anyway, so well, Eli, as our, you know, last official rotating guest, and then you'll be back as just a guest. And, and resident Christmas expert. And resident <laughs> Christmas expert. Yeah. Um, are there any final words from you? Well, I'll just, I'll just offer, you know, we were talking at the, the start of the show a little bit about some of our Christmas menus. Oh, uh, yeah. You're, you're ordering out, supporting some small business. We, built, we will, as well, celebrating the traditional Jewish Christmas of ordering Chinese food. Yeah. Um, we're very excited. I think we've already decided we're going to order more than one meal on Christmas from Chinese restaurants, both lunch and dinner, because, you know. Because I think, why not? I think, uh, uh, why not? Exactly. I think, I think we're going with pizza this year. <laughs> For the first time. So we like um again, I think you were running around. Like we're doing a, a local chef that um I did is, hear this, yes. It, yeah, struggling to be in business and um it's really great. Like I'm I'm excited because I just, you know, I wanted it to be special, but I also didn't want to like I cooked the family meal, but right. this that night it's just the two of us. And I was like, I don't wanna 
I love to cook, well, but I like, think, I don't want to do that. Right. I like, think it's a perfect way, uh, you know, this year help support your local businesses, take a whole shitload of stress off your plate and exactly. just order in for Christmas. Right. Even if you got to order the night before, cause businesses are closed on, on Christmas day and yep. just stick it in, in the fridge. My favorite pizza joint is closed on Christmas day. I'm like, all right, I'm going to order the 24th, take it in the fridge. And that, that, that'll be it. There's just two of us here. Yeah. So we're going pizza. Well, and on our anniversary, we ordered steaks and I ordered them rare so that when I reheated them, they would be medium rare. Nice. And I was like, that's perfect, you know? Thinking ahead. I will say Chinese restaurants are open though, Ogan. So, you know, it's always a good- uh... we, 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 might, we, might, we might do that. We, we, had chi- we ordered Chinese a couple of days ago and um, I might have only just been finishing the leftovers, <laughs> right? <laughs> They do last a while, don't they? <laughs> not only do they last a while, but they give you a lot of food. I know. I know. I'm like, I'm going to be eating this for like four days now. So, you know, we'll see what happens. Well, good. Well, a big thanks to our special guest. I, I'm like, I feel like that's, you know. Well, thank whatever. you for, for making me feel so special. So special guest. <laughs> Eli Friedman. We'd like to thank the original pub, uh, the originator, originator. Of pub, originator, the original pub theology, <laughs> the originator of pub theology, Brian Burkoff, who apparently did not break any bones this week. Our producer, Derek Weston, connect and spread the word on social media. Listen anytime on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple and Google podcasts. Watch us on Facebook Tuesdays, 530 ish. Sign up at patreon.com slash PT live for more content. Find or create a virtual pub theology in your town. Go to pubtheology.com slash directory. We will be off next week. We will be back January the 5th-ish with Brian back to our original trio. Well, second original trio and um, new kind of things will be happening. So look for that. And until next time, no. Until next time, friends, drink responsibly and keep those conversations flowing. Cheers. Cheers.